Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Bets with Bot. I'm your host, Justin Bot, and I'm here at 9.56 p.m. waiting for puck drop to happen between the L.A. Kings and the Anaheim Ducks, as well as the Montreal Canadiens and the Vancouver Canucks. So that should be an interesting Canadian matchup, at least. But I figured I'd introduce myself. I'm a student at St. Bonaventure University, and I am a journalism major. And part of the reason I'm doing this is for a class, but I just really love to talk about this stuff. So let's get right into it. This whole podcast will just be analyzing sports betting. And you can't really analyze this stuff without talking about it because there's so much stuff to do with this every single day in the world of sports. So, I'm not currently enrolled in a sports book, but I just find the aspect of it to be so interesting. It's like a little wrinkle in the world of sports, and I just find it really intriguing. So, I love sports, and betting on sports makes it so much more interesting. It really adds the excitement. So, you, the listener, might not be interested in a game between 10-10 and 10 Cincinnati and 8-10 and 10 East Carolina. But, if you get a bet the money line on... Cincinnati, then you might be a lot more invested in that. And I will go over these terms for any listeners that don't know what money line means and all these other betting terms because I really want this to be an informative podcast where people learn what these words mean as well as trying to make people become better betters. No pun intended there. <laughs> but um, let's start off here with the explanation of some pretty basic betting terms. So first off, we got a line, basically a synonym for odds, like the line for the over and goals and the Coyotes and Avalanches plus 155. The plus or minus, it'll always be a plus or minus. That's the line. And uh, the lines are also used in the next thing I'm about to bring up, the over-under. It's the amount of goals, points, or runs will be scored in a game. So usually in hockey, you see that at 5.5, 5.5. Sometimes it's at 6.0. And that's interesting because that brings us to the definition of a push, which basically means, like in this scenario, if both teams combine for six goals, that you don't lose the bet. You basically just take your money and run because you didn't lose, but... He didn't win because he didn't get that seventh goal. Also, we have the spread, which is basically the amount of points a team is favored by. And you'll see that pretty much for every bet betting matchup that you'll come into view with. Moneyline is basically when you don't want to bet on a spread in a game like hockey... Sometimes the spreads are so small. Most hockey games, it's minus one and a half and plus one and a half. 
because there's so few goals scored in hockey that it's hard to um, evaluate that kind of stuff. Because uh, not many people want to uh, place a bet like that where they don't think the team will win by two because there's so much overtime and so much shootouts in hockey. Why not just take the money line so you can actually win money? And some people, some people take money lines in football and baseball and, well, actually baseball, there's kind of few runs scored per game. It's about as much scoring, if not a little more than it is hockey. So, but uh, football and basketball, people still might bet money lines just because they're confident and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with betting money lines or spread or whatever. A cover. This is referring to the spread. A cover means basically you won the bet if they covered at the end because you say cover when you see the clock hit triple zeros. Cover means game's over. And you see this a lot in games that don't matter and people get super excited. A team will be favored by 18 points and you got freaking um florida international is it florida international whatever fiu stands for they're plus 18 you bet they're plus 18 and a guy hits a layup at the last second to make them uh lose by only 17 and people will go wild at that <laughs> so uh, also an uh, example of a cover clemson favored by nine points Last night in one seventy seven and sixty two, obviously, that is a fifteen point win, and that means that they cover the nine point spread. So they're favored by nine. You will see minus nine in your sports book, whatever you use, and because they won by fifteen, that means they covered. A little uh, wrinkle in the cover game, uh, another word or term. In the sports betting world, we have backdoor cover. Which means basically what I was talking about. Spread was covered late in the game. It usually won't impact the outcome, but it affects the wager, obviously. I'll just use the same example. Um, team as uh, plus 18, and they get the last second layup to make it down by 17. They lose freaking 101 to... I can't do math in my head right now, guys, but you know what I mean. <laughs> the spread is five points, and the team only loses 100 to 96. So that's a backdoor cover. Also, another term we like to use is parlay. Basically, when a better will, make, will take multiple bets and kind of ties them together, intertwines them into one big bet if you will where they need all the outcomes to hit to make their money and some people think this is a bold strategy but you can win a lot of money with this a lot of people do this for nfl games they'll have over in points for bills at jets they'll have the <laughs> buccaneers favored by whatever We'll have the Chiefs prop bet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that brings me to the 
next one I was thinking about talking about the future bet before the prop bet but since I brought up a prop bet this is basically something that's not the outcome of the game that you bet on so Travis Kelsey receptions I know it was really high for the Super Bowl game I know it was like eight and a half seven and a half something like that which is a lot of receptions for an NFL game because I mean what do you consider a good NFL game five receptions or more so Travis Kelsey was a great player in that Super Bowl and that's basically a prop bet I see that a lot in NFL just predicting yards receiving yards rushing yards receptions first touchdown is a big one you could bet a guy like Reggie Gilliam on the Bills, the Bills fullback, and forget what week it was that he actually scored the first touchdown. You've been making a lot of money. Also, first goals in hockey, and it's so hard to predict, and so many people rarely get it right. So if you've ever got one of those right, kudos to you. And I brought a future bet, basically exactly what it sounds, a bet placed on something in the future, it's like betting the New York Islanders to make the Stanley Cup right now. So, I brought up the fact that I want this podcast to be informative. I want someone to tune into my podcast and like not know what I'm talking about. So, I like to just inform people about what I'm talking about. So, I'm going to calculate the lines. And we refer to lines, again, as a synonym for odds. These are always plus-minus format. So, basically, the plus, if a team is plus, it defines that they're the underdog. Because if you bet on them and you win, you're making plus money. The minus defines a favorite in the matchup. Because uh, why would you bet the favorite? Come on, guys. You always got to bet on the underdog. I'd love to see the underdog win. <laughs> I'm just messing around. But uh, to calculate the minus odds, divide 100 by the odds, then multiply that by the amount you bet. It's hard to calculate in your head, so I'd uh, encourage people to like get on actual sports books to bet these. But if you want to make fake bets like me, then you could calculate all this in your calculator on your phone or a real calculator, whatever you want. So I've got an example here. You're going to bet 20 on minus 110 odds. And that will net you $18 because 100 divided by 110, that equals 0 0.90 repeating roughly. And that's uh, and you multiply that by twenty, it's eighteen point one eight repeating. I said it nets you eighteen dollars. It's really eighteen and eighteen cents. So, whatever. And remember, one hundred divided by one ten. We always use that one hundred because that's what we use as the kind of kind of the other number that's not the odd. So. 100 divided by 110, that's divided by 110 because 110 is the minus odds. That's the odds for the favorite. So to calculate plus odds, divide the odds by 100. 
then multiply that by the amount you bet. Here's another example, pretty much the same thing, except plus instead of minus. You bet $20 on plus 110 odds, I'll net you 22 because 110 divided by 100 equals 1.1, and you multiply that by 20, it equals 22. And remember, the difference between minus and plus, you're dividing the odds. I'm sorry, I'm even getting confused to talk about this myself. I got to make sure all my viewers are informed. You have to divide 100 by the odds when it's minus. Divide the odds by 100 when using the plus. So it's divide 100 by on minus, divide the odds by 100 on plus. It's a little confusing, but um, you should be able to handle it. And you could go on a calculation site if it's hard to wrap around your head because it is pretty difficult because most sites will do the calculations for you. So I just got some more examples here. Betting $10 on the Edmonton Oilers money line tonight, which is minus 240, which is pretty hefty money line. I wouldn't recommend taking that. But uh, it's against the Ottawa Centers tonight. And it'll only net you $4 because they're favored by so much. And again, we do this calculation. It's, since it's minus 240, it's 100 divided by 240. Not the other way around. If, if it was plus 240, it'd be 240 divided by 100. I know with a podcast, you can't see me actually doing this stuff. So you'll have to kind of do these equations in your head. But um, 100 divided by 240 is 0.417. And that multiplied by 10 is 4.17. So it's like $4.17 that you're making. So vice versa, you're betting $30 on the Senator's money line. And uh, ideally, if you're a broke college kid like me, you probably wouldn't bet this much on a Center's money line because they're not a very good team, but you never know. And because they're plus 200, this will actually get you $60 when you're betting 30 because these guys are such heavy underdogs in this matchup. And it's divided by 100, the odds, which are 200, because it is plus 200. 200 divided by 100 that equals 2. And you multiply that by 30, and that's 60. And uh, so any line at plus 200 will pretty much net two times the amount, the bet, if it's uh, successful. So that was pretty much me explaining the terms and all that and... Basically trying to introduce myself and why I'm doing this and why I love to do this stuff. Now we get to the good part. I get the picks of the night and I have not looked at these since I started this about 15 minutes ago. 
was also not taking a break, so I couldn't have checked anything because I've been scrolling on my outline throughout this entire podcast, so take my word for it or don't. I don't really care. So, my picks of the night tonight. Both these games have already started because if a game hasn't started by 10 p.m. already, then I don't know what you're doing. So, first pick. We get the under, actually. A lot of people like taking the over. A lot. Some people say that life's too short to take the under. And I don't believe in this case because it's under five and a half goals, which is also pretty basic line in over-unders for hockey. And it's under five and a half goals. The LA Kings at the Anaheim Ducks. And the under five and a half. Last time I checked, it was minus 135. So if I bet $20 on this and it hits, then I get $14.81. I'm making less money than I'm risking, of course, because this is minus 135, not plus. And, of course, I've got some reasons to this. I don't just pick this stuff randomly. Because I am a huge sports fanatic and love to talk about it and all the little intricacies that go into my decisions and what I say and all that kind of jibber-jabber. So basically, LA's expected starter. Well, I could look at it right now, but it said it was Cal Peterson that was the expected starter. And he's been great this year. He's notched a .924 save percentage with only a 2.48 goals allowed average which is really good because anytime that is under two and a half that is just spectacular or i'm sorry it's technically the term is goals against average but goals allowed goals against it doesn't really matter but yes so peterson has played absolutely out of his mind Former Sabres draftee, but he said, uh, I don't want to play for the Sabres. I want to play for L.A. Even though they both sucked at the time. But hey, he's showing us right now. Because he's out there putting the mid-920 save percentage in less than a two and a half goals against average. So Kudos to him. And also, Anaheim has one of the worst offenses in the NHL. Anaheim Ducks, I'm obviously referring to. Ranking second to last in goals per game. at Only 2.16 goals scored. Through, like, average through all their games. Which is a pretty low amount. They're also third to last in shots on goal per game. Only 27.4 shots Per game, so just not good in the offense department for Anaheim. And uh, I'm sure you're saying right now, or maybe you're not. Why are you taking the under if Anaheim's offense is so bad and the Kings are favored? At least on paper, in your opinion, Justin. See, I'm saying this because Anaheim's goalie, John Gibson, has kept them in a lot of games this year. He's had three shutouts and a 2.79 goals against average, which is 
pretty solid. I didn't want to mention his save percentage because it's not 9.910 or anything. It's .90 something, but he he has been good this year. And the team like Anaheim, the fact that they've actually won seven games with the offense that they've had is just um, all because of John Gibson, in my opinion. They've won two games without him because I believe he has five wins if there's seven. But I just believe Gibson has been great because three shutouts on a team that is not very good is pretty ideal for a goalie to have because not that many goalies can notch three shutouts. I mean, a guy like Carey Price, who I'm going to bring up later, has zero. In fact, the Montreal Canadiens is a team have zero shutouts this year. So the fact that John Gibson can get three of those, the fact that three of those are out of his five wins is pretty impressive to what he can do when he's really on. Also, Anaheim, not a great defense, but, you know, middle of the pack. They're 15th in goals allowed per game, which might be because of Gibson, but not going to put that against them. And another fact that actually is their defense, ninth in shots on goal allowed, which the goalie can't really help. 29.2 shots on goal per game allowed, so a little under 30, so that's pretty ideal. That they have a solid defense, at least, to help Gibson out. Also tied for 12th in penalty kills percentage, so they're not the worst defense. They're just average, and the offense is just horrible. That's why they can't win games, and obviously you need an offense to win games in the NHL. That's why they're so bad this year. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Cal Peterson playing out of his mind, and John Gibson... I think will also play out of his mind. Hopefully, and together, they will get that under in five and a half. So, if it's just five goals, if it's like a three to two overtime win for LA or Anaheim, whatever, then guess what? That under hit because they didn't combine for six. This is why sports betting sites will have the point five, the five and a half. Because that means that you either win or you lose. You can't push in that situation. But some of them have 6.0 or 7. I've never seen a 7.0. That's pretty high. But <laughs> you know what I mean. I've seen other lines that are .0. But uh, anyways, on to my second pick. Brought up earlier, Montreal Canadiens at Vancouver Canucks. And Canadians are favored by one and a half goals. And I brought up that not that many people bet the spread in hockey games. But I'm actually going to bet it right now. Montreal's favored by one and a half, as I just said. So if they win by two, then... You're winning money there, and it's also plus 170 for the minus one and a half spread. So that's a pretty solid outcome if they do end up winning by two. 
So if I bet 15 on this and it wins, then I get 25.50. So, you know, I could bet a little more and get more money, but I feel like getting $25 is a pretty solid outcome because I'm not betting with the big bucks. I know some people bet with the big bucks. I'm just a college kid. I'm betting what I would bet. If you're making like $100,000 a year, then, you know, you can bet with whatever kind of money you want. But I'm betting with these low units. I didn't define what a unit is. It's basically the money that you're wagering. But I I bet in small units. So uh, crucify me if you want with that. And of course, with this game, I will bring up the reasons as to why I'm picking them, just like the previous game. So, Montreal, they've been pretty good all year. Just came off a dominant 7 and seven two one, not a 7-N one. It'd be pretty good if they're 7-N one right now, but they've had a lot more games played. <laughs> but yeah, 7-1 win over Winnipeg, I believe. And they've actually notched a point in six of their last seven games. So, you know, they lost in shootouts and overtime, but they've gotten points. Which, me mentioning that they get points instead of wins doesn't exactly help my case. Because I need them to win by two. But I'm just giving a little shout-out to Montreal. Even though they're in the Sabres division before this year. Who are my team. Because I am from Buffalo. And unfortunately, I am a Sabres fan. So, I'm trying to keep it together with Ralph Kruger. But, uh, yeah, trying to give my opinion to this too much. But the Canadians' offense have been offense. The Canadians' offense has been fantastic this year. I don't... My brain has been messing with me a little bit. So, they have six players with 15 or more points and rank third in goals per game and second in shots on goal per game so they average almost 3.4 goals per game which is pretty good and average over 33 and a half shots per game that's pretty solid also i'd like to have my team put up stats like that but you know i'm a sabers fan so that's not gonna happen and their offense is good offense could be great actually and I mean, brought up the 15-plus points and all the goals, all the shots. But their defense has also been pretty darn good as well. They rank 11th this year in goals allowed per game, only 2.78 goals allowed, and 8th in shots on goal allowed. So less than 29 shots allowed per game, which is pretty solid considering their starter and longtime franchise goalie, Carey Price, he only has a .898 save percentage and a 2.83 goals allowed. Is it goals allowed? Whatever. You know what I mean. Goals allowed average, goals against average, it's all the same thing. I just like to be specific and correct when I refer to statistics. But yeah, I mentioned earlier he has zero shutouts. And though I did mention that Gibson has uh, 2.79 goals against average and Carey Price has 2.83, which is pretty close. I was saying that Gibson was good. So I, I, I got to catch myself here and 
say that Carey Price just a little more goals against. But it's I just really believe that John Gibson has been way better than Carey Price this year. So sue me for that. And I know if Montreal fans want to come after me, then they can. But both the goalies on this team have not had one shutout. And you can't say that Jake Allen hasn't been the better goalie for Montreal with that 920-something save percentage. And he's been pretty good. And Carey Price is playing for top 10 defense. I mean, all the stats show that it's a top 10 defense in the NHL, along with a pretty darn good offense. And um, John Gibson is playing with a team that has a middle-of-the-pack defense and the worst offense. And, you know, when offenses aren't good, then you usually have the puck in your defensive zone a lot. So Gibson was usually going to face a lot more shots at Carey Price. But enough on my uh, personal vendetta against Carey Price. Um, basically, I don't think that Carey Price can help them out of this, even if he does have a fantastic game. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm actually favoring the Canadians, but I I was just trying to hype up their defense by saying that Carey Price hasn't been that great. But um, I'm hoping he has a good game. Because I just remember that they're playing the Canucks, who are not very good in that Canadian division, the NHL. So speaking of defenses, the Canucks have been hindered all year by their defense. They rank fourth to last in goals allowed per game, 3.32 goals allowed, and second to last in shots on goal per game. Average 33 shots allowed per game. Just not something you want to have happen. And I thought I'd bring this up about their starting goalie tonight, Thatcher Demko. He has played a lot better recently, and I think he's been better than... Braden Holtby because beginning of the year Demko wasn't playing so hot and Holtby just hasn't lived up to the hype this year in Vancouver but I believe that Demko has really stepped up his game in the last few games he has put up a .947 save percentage and 1.69 goals allowed at average in the last six games which is pretty good considering how bad his defense is. Pretty darn good. So he had 37 saves, 31, 27 in that shutout. He had 27, 31, 25 was the one game where he had a bad game. He allowed four goals in that one. And then 29 saves, and he only allowed one goal in that one. So he's been pretty impressive through this last stretch and I am favoring the Canadians to win by two but you know that Demko can't save everything I mean he just faced 37 shots in his last game and hey he allowed two and if the Canucks don't score then that's my win right there at minus one and a half Canadians win 2 nothing, which, you know, I doubt will happen. But I just figured I'd bring up how good Demko has played because I don't want to be too biased. And I'm not really biased because 
the Canadians I'm not very big fan because they have the most Stanley Cups and they were in the Sabres division and all that and I actually like quite a few players in Vancouver I like the young Quinn Hughes even though he's a defenseman in one of the worst groups in the league I like his offense and I think he's a solid young player but uh, going back to the Canucks, they're ranking 18th in goals per game. And they're tied for 18th as well in power play percentage. And also tied for 21st in shooting percentage. So, I mean, the offense is not great. Not not as good as what you want to be as an offense considering how bad their defense is. Because, I mean, I'm going to read off their defense stats again. Fourth last in goals allowed and second last in shots on goal allowed. I feel like you got to be at least like top 10 in offense if you're going to be that bad at defense. But I mean, they're getting 18th, 18th, 21st. The offense just isn't there to help them out. I mean, middle of the pack pretty much. But I brought Anaheim was middle of the pack in defense. But their defensive rankings were better at least than Vancouver's offensive rankings right now because 15th in goals allowed for Anaheim and shots on goal allowed is 9th and then 12th. So 15th, 9th, 12th versus Anaheim's defense in 18th, 18th, 21st for Vancouver. So they're more towards the bottom of offensive production. So this just really isn't a good matchup for Vancouver, I hate to say it, but, you know, it's just not good because Montreal is so balanced and they they just come off, they just came off a dominant 7-1 to one win, which, I mean, winning by six goals has got to fire guys up, and though I believe that Vancouver is on a two-game win streak, they haven't been dominant in those games and something interesting here in the games that uh, Montreal and Vancouver have played this year in which the Canadians won which the Canadians have won four of those matchups out of the five Vancouver was outscored 23 to 10 and I didn't actually put in the game where Vancouver won because I only want to put the games where Montreal won, but if you really want me to bring it up, the time the Canucks won was in a shootout. It was 6-5, to five. so really only a one-goal difference. So it would be 29-15 to 15 instead of 23-10. So, I mean, if you want to say that the Canadians lost that one, it was in a shootout. They're 4-0-1 against Vancouver this year. I mean, there's definitely a chance that Vancouver can win. They have pretty good pieces, but Montreal is just so good, I feel like. They're only fourth in that division, but Montreal just has a very balanced team, in my opinion, that can go pretty far. So, those are my picks. I've got the under for Kings at Ducks. And I've got the minus one and a half spread 
for Montreal against Vancouver. Stay tuned for the next episode of Bets with Bot, where I talk about all the other bets around the leagues, especially March Madness. And because I'm recording at what is now 10.32 p.m. Eastern Time, I couldn't cover any of the basketball games. I was thinking about putting a bet in, hypothetical one, of course, for that Gonzaga game, because that's the only basketball game that was on tonight. But then it was too late, so I didn't want to bet a live one. But the spread was very high. It was... 19 points they were favored by, and I don't want to bet on that. So, we stuck to hockey today. I thought these were solid picks, but, you know, if I'm 0-2, I will obviously take responsibility for that. But then if I'm 2-0, and I'm getting gloat. I'm going to say, I'm so smart, should have listened to me. Ha ha ha, I'm right. All that stuff. So, thank you for listening. The day is March 8th, 2021. We're on a Monday. And I'm going to get ready for bed soon. So, see you later, folks.